It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. In that moment, I watched that skinny boy transform into a superhero. That was a scene from the new highly anticipated movie Elvis with Tom Hanks as Colonel Tom Parker and uh, directed by Baz Luhrmann, who did Moulin Rouge and a remake of The Great Gatsby and much other stuff. And Bill Bergoli, who's here, is going to tell us all about it. He saw it this evening. Hello, Bill Bergoli. Whole lot of shaking going on. Whole, whole, lot, of, whole lot of shaking. Mostly my leg. And Bill McCuddy is here, too. And he will tell Thank us about the movies. As, uh, Thank you very much. Spiderhead. And um, I can't stop my leg. <laughs> It's the Robert Klein line. There you go. Let's jump right into this. I'm Neil Rosen. Welcome to another edition of our podcast, Sitting Around Talking Movies. And take it away, Bill Bergoli. I want to hear. I want to hear all about this Elvis movie. I know you're excited by this. I really am. I know. I'm not excited enough to go to a theater yet, but no, you will. I, I'm, I'm, I might see it this weekend. I, I went and I paid. What did they charge you? 15, 18? No, 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 no. I'm a senior now, so $14.40. And afterwards, this cute little college girl comes up to me and asks me if I'd like to fill out a survey. Uh. And I did. But you do them on little pads now. You don't have to. There's no pencil and paper. Mm -hmm. All right. So tell me about Elvis. All right. You think it's a biopic. And it's supposed to be. I saw Tom Hanks on Colbert. And Colbert said something that I agree with. He said, I didn't know anything about this Colonel Parker guy that you're playing, Tom. I didn't know that he had a foreign accent and I didn't, I didn't know anything about this. The guy used to be a carny, apparently. <laughs> and I don't know. So that sounds interesting to me. But yeah, well, I, he's Mephistopheles movie... and he almost takes over the whole movie. So uh, is that okay. wait? Let's back up. Is, yeah. is it any good? It's fun to watch. It's not really a biopic in that you don't know Elvis any more 
at the end of the movie than you did at the beginning. It's all the plot points of his life from shaking his hips and getting in trouble on TV and uh, uh, doing a Christmas special. That's one of the big points of the movie. And I'm trying to do a comeback. And then his Las Vegas residency and that sort of thing and his relationship with the colonel. You don't know anything about him and his band. I mean, there are band members in it, but uh, <laughs> uh, those guys were kind of famous. They used to come to where I worked at Westwood on all the time and do interviews, but uh, they're barely in it. And uh, Priscilla, well, didn't the Colonel fire all of them. Didn't he try and get well, not in this movie? <laughs> okay. Well, is this more the Colonel Tom? It's Tom, right? Colonel Tom. It's Tom Parker, right? Yeah, sure. But that's not his real name. His real name. That's right. Is- and he apparently ju- he's he was an illegal immigrant or something. Yeah, he didn't he didn't yeah. even have a passport. It comes out at the end of the movie, and that's why he, he objected to Elvis going uh, on an overseas tour when he and had it billions. And how how did he get into America? That when is not covered. Okay, and he worked in he worked at carnivals, right? He was a carnival. Yeah, it's interesting. There, there are some carnival scenes, and I kept thinking back to uh, Nightmare Alley. And this is kind of like Nightmare Alley with a lot more glitz as far as carnivals are concerned. And the uh, songs. <laughs> lots of songs. Lots of Elvis songs. Very few of them in their entirety or, or longer than a minute. And also there are some, um, some bits of rap in here. Not done by Elvis, don't worry. But in the, How about uh, the movies, the like, soundtrack. Do, do we see girls? Very, girls, very, girls? very quickly. Yeah. They go over his uh, one minute. It's, I'm going to put you in the movies. And the next minute. But a couple minutes later, it's like, well, the movies are tired of us. We got to move on to something else. That's his movie career. Not Priscilla has two scenes, basically, uh, where she meets Elvis in uh, Germany, where he's sent overseas to join the army. And then when she breaks up with him and wants a divorce, the rest of the time, she's all hair and makeup. So not a lot of depth here. A lot of swooping camera moves, a ton of music. Very Baz Luhrmann. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very bad. I mean, it moves like a freight train. It's two hours and 39 minutes long, but it actually moves pretty well. And um, I mean, it was fun to watch. Is it, more the, is it more the Colonel Tom Parker story? No, than no, no, no. But it's kind of equal between Tom and, and Elvis. So, look, here's the first thing you said. It doesn't really tell us any more about Elvis, but I'm not sure there isn't everything, anything that we don't already know about this guy. That's right. In fact, I was, I, somebody said to me a couple of months ago when this is coming out, I said they wanted to know what what it was going to unearth. And I said, absolutely nothing. I mean, we've no, we've yeah. been told everything, like almost every moment of Elvis's life from that certainly learned more after he died. Um, yeah. This is all that with a good looking guy and a lot of music. And do, do you agree? Any, do do you agree? Hold on, you know, hold banana. on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Do you agree with the people that say that Tom is is miscast as the Colonel? That he kind of isn't. It's a kind of a wink in the nod kind of performance from him. It's, it's kind of like he's looking at you, going, "Look, it's me." And the text six tons of makeup, but don't worry, it's still me. And five hours, a day, five hours a day in a makeup chair, apparently, to do for Tom Hanks to do. Yeah, this. he looks pretty weird, uh, and his accent is all over the place. I know. What kind of? Where's this guy from? Scotland? Or? No, he's Dutch, actually. Okay, and uh, do they talk about like Elvis and his peanut butter and banana sandwiches? No, or? you'd never see a peanut butter. Or how about him? His shooting? drug uses. Let me talk about his drug uses. How about the shooting the television set? How about that? We get that. We yeah, get- yeah. You get. You get. Uh, he does shoot a television set. Okay. Uh, the two longest 
uh, set pieces in the music. Most of it is really quick. Bang, bang. There are two long set pieces. One where he tapes his uh, Christmas special because uh, Colonel Tom Parker had told uh, the sponsors uh, that this was going to be a nice Elvis family oriented Christmas special. And he was going to wear a sweater and it was going to be really nice. But he had uh, taken up with what Tom Parker called hippies. So uh, two guys who had decided to help change Elvis's career. And that's kind of a long piece in the, in the movie. And also his, when his Vegas res residency starts, uh, that's really done long. The music is all Elvis. It's really him, Austin Butler, who plays him uh lip syncs but you know they cut back so quickly you never really know it's pretty well actually i heard he sings some of them in the beginning and then it's and then it's all lip synced yeah I, it was hard to tell they okay. did they, they so he's really lip syncing well. to elvis or he's yeah lip, you know no he's lip syncing to elvis they you know, he's lip syncing to perry como no yeah. you can lip you almost all musicals you lip sync to yourself you record the track he's somewhere lip -syncing else to elvis they okay. they reworked a lot of it you know, and does he wear down. a fat suit? Does he? No, he does not. Elvis? Oh, that's an interesting point. No, the only fat Elvis you see is the real Elvis at the very, very, very end. Maybe this is a spoiler of the movie. They show him uh, singing a song two weeks before he dies. They work that in. Tom Parker says, I remember I saw him uh, two weeks before he died. And they cut to the real Elvis. Austin Butler never gets fat in this. He always looks good. And they always seem to shoot him from his left side with his head kind of cocked. At like a 30 degree angle. Really I interesting. Saw, I saw a clip where it's his first appearance at the, I guess, it's, is it the Louisiana Hayride? I know it's yeah. some. Yeah. Right. And he comes out and he's wearing a pink suit. Somebody's yeah. yelling in the audience, like, like you know, yeah. hey, you know, you get, yeah, right. Something like that. Like get a haircut, uh, yeah. fairy boy or something like that. And then he just launches into like this. Oh, yeah, that's remember. And every and all the girls start just. Oh, yeah. Screaming. Lots of shots of screaming girls. They really play that up. And I mean, this is all Baz Luhrmann stuff. Well, and let's not forget that Lisa Marie and Priscilla both gave thumbs up uh, to this. Yeah, so they like it. it. It's, had, it's a very it has, nice portrait. It had there. Yeah, that's we weren't going to see too many warts and alls. No, uh, the peanut he doesn't really start his decline until yeah. like the, the last half hour of the movie well, he starts having problems with drugs. There's a very early scene where somebody gives him what they say is a pep pill or something like that. But drugs are never mentioned again until the last half hour of the movie. And then so, he goes yeah. on quickly. Well, I, I'm first of all. So is Colonel Parker like, is he a prick? Because yeah. the beginning of the trailer says Tom Hanks as Colonel Tom Parker in a, in a voiceover track goes, some might consider me to be the villain in this particular story. Oh, that's you know? very much the, the, the way they uh, do this. And that's to McCuddy's point. That's what I'm interested in, because what are you going to tell me about Elvis that I don't know already? You don't I mean, really know. I don't know, anything, more about I don't know anything about this Colonel Tom. You're not going I mean, to learn where he came from. You're not going to learn. Uh, eventually, you do learn he's Dutch. But you learn that in the last half hour of the movie. You learn that he's made a lot. He makes a lot of shady deals and he has. Uh, trying to sue Elvis and his family and that sort of stuff. A lot about that, but nothing beyond basic he got all movie the merch, villain. right? He got, yeah, uh, he got all, yeah, he's always talking about merchandise. At one point, at one, there is one scene where he does an outdoor concert early in his career and the police are arresting him and the band and all hell's breaking loose. And he says, guard the merch, guard the merch, make sure the merch is okay. 
I also that heard, a, I heard a great, I heard a great real story about him that I wonder if it's in the film and let's tell people, uh, Neil and I haven't seen it and, uh, I'm dying to see it. I'll probably see it this weekend. I'm dying. Maybe I'll, you want to go this weekend? I'll yeah, go with sure. You this weekend. So, um, so look, there's a great scene. I don't know if it's in the movie, but my friend who's in the music business told me about it there. They split the gate. So, uh, they bring all the cash in and they put it on a big, uh, table and uh, they say to the colonel, all right, we'll count it now. And the colonel takes his cane and puts it in the middle of the desk and shoves one pile of money to the left and one pile of money to the right. And he goes, that's yours. And this is mine. Uh, no scene like that. But his cane is in it. Yeah. OK, fine. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, you know, this this colonel we're going, guy, Neil. We're gonna go, go. Elvis go, is going to the building. Elvis is going to the building is right. Yeah. All right. Like, what else uh, is up? All right. Well, so so would you recommend this? Uh, I do oh, actually recommend it, though. I had. A, I mean, why I'm, not? I'm, all right. Let's move on. I saw a movie called Press Play. What is that? OK, so this is a romance film and it is about this couple that is that that young couple. Um, the girl, her best friend's been wanting to fix her up with her stepbrother for the longest time who works in a, um, let's say, yeah, like a record, like a music store. They sell records. Did you really see this? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. It's and Danny, Glo- Danny, Danny, Danny Glover runs this music store. And um, she resists getting fixed up with this guy, but she finally relents one day and they fall madly in love. She's found her soulmate. He's found his soulmate. They're madly in love. And then, he dies. He dies in an accident. He's a surfer and gets hit by rocks, whatever. He dies. And through some mystical, magical bullshit thing, which is never, I don't know, he made her a mixtape. And in the music store. They, so this must be a, a, a period movie. Nobody makes mixtapes anymore. No, no, it's not. No, a mix, no. Wow. No. Come back. There's the guy, one cassette player that still works in the country. Yeah, the guy's mixtapes. And the guy puts all these mixtapes on the wall. You make mixtapes. So this guy made her a mixtape. And um, she pulls the mixtape out one day when she's pining over him. And uh, as soon as she puts the mixtape on, which is about a 50 minute mixtape with about i don't know you know 10 songs or whatever she's transported back in time to a point in their relationship so whenever she presses play on this mixtape the name of the movie yeah yeah we get that we get that do we know these people who stars in it who stars in it well the guy is um (laughs) well my favorite part do you really see this movie yeah christina I don't know the Lewis name. Lewis Pullman, Danny Glover, Matt Walsh. I don't. I don't have. Okay, a so nobody name. we've heard of except for Danny yeah. Glover. Oh, did we? Had we heard of the songs? Clara Regard is the okay. woman. Okay, and yeah. no. Well, the songs they have. They're, Are they I, real they, songs? Yeah, they're real songs. Okay. Um, Not like songs don't ask him. Don't ask him for the songs, Bergoli. Okay. We'll be here all night. <laughs> it's a millennial. Back to the Future is Heather Billings thing. Okay. And so the tape's almost over. And every time she goes back to warn the guy, don't go surfing this particular day. You're going to die. And he listens to her. 
and I'm from the future and blah, 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 and explains the story to him. And somehow he dies in a car crash. So I whatever it is. explains it better than no, yours. No, no, what, no this is, no, there's many songs. I'm telling you, whatever, whenever she goes back to another point, to, don't go on this road, you're going to die in a car crash. No matter what she does, it doesn't matter. Warning the guy that, that you're not going to die. The guy dies. Okay. It doesn't matter. Do you, has, do you, Neil, 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 do you like this movie? No. Are you recommending this movie? No. I All right, let's move. Let's move on. But I will tell you on. <laughs> no, that's okay. We can we can move on now. Yeah, we Nobody are wants on. to see it. We're moving on. Since I mentioned Back to the Future, I saw last night on the news. It's cast. They are making a Broadway musical out of Back to the Future, and they cast the guy playing Doc Brown, and they cast obviously a person playing marty mcfly and 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 biff and the whole thing and it's going to be a broadway they're going to have real a real delorean on stage i'm sure they will i'm sure they will if they can drop a chandelier and phantom of the opera in the middle of the thing and uh, or a helicopter in miss saigon i'm sure they can get a delorean on stage but uh yeah when it works i i don't know it doesn't sound very promising to me it sounds like a really crappy idea but that's coming to broadway that'll make a ton of money all right. Anyway, uh, can, I tell you, can I tell you another lousy movie that I saw that was supposed to be a uh, big hit Please. for Netflix and is their number two movie right now? It's called Spiderhead. You and I, all three of us were invited to a premiere the other night in uh, in Manhattan with Miles Teller and Chris Hemsworth. Uh, they're both in it. Miles Teller knows the director because it's the same guy that did him in Maverick. And this looks like it was directed by a completely different guy sometime in the future, or it could be now it doesn't really state uh, there's an experiment going on at a, at a high end high tech kind of prison. And they're, they're using drugs on these people to try and influence their personalities. What they're really trying to do is find out if they can block out the memories of the bad things that these people have done. This is kind of like Logan's Run meets The Island, the thing with uh, George Cisco and, uh, and Marlon Ewan Brando and McGregor. And, uh, and no, that's Island of Dr. Moreau. The Island was much sooner. Uh, so look, Ewan McGregor, yeah, you're right. Ewan McGregor. Yeah, yeah thank you. Uh, so anyway, um, this is a, a complete bust. I mean, it, it's. The plot doesn't work. The, it looks like nobody. <laughs> it looks like nobody. Hemsworth is giving it his best, but it really doesn't look like anybody wants to be in this movie. And they're all running at the end off the island, kind of the way uh, Netflix corporate looked today when three hundred people got given pink slips. That's right. Two hundred and sixteen staffers in the United States were let go. Didn't we just talk about that? They got rid of like one hundred and fifty, like a couple of weeks ago, or something. Yeah, they like did. That. And um, uh, I've been saying since the beginning of this podcast that I didn't I don't understand how Netflix makes money, that somebody told me somebody told me if you uh, multiplied nineteen dollars a month times the population of the planet, it still wouldn't (laughs) make money. So I knew that this was a freight train going one hundred and ten miles an hour into a brick wall. Uh, The question is. I just hope they stop spending and buying everything and just keep making a couple of good things like the next, uh, although I'm not sure that I think that's going to be great, but the next uh, Squid Game and the things we really want to see. All right. So the third remake of Father of the Bride, 
The first one was, I believe, Spencer Tracy. Is that correct, Bill Bergoli? Uh, you would be right, yeah. sir. And, and the second one was Steve Martin, I think. This is not, I'm not looking this that up. That was 1991, though. Steve Martin and Diane Keaton. Right. And now we've got... Uh, Andy got? Garcia and Gloria okay. Estefan. Okay, so we've set it in a, uh, in a, in a Latinx world. Basically. That's right. It's uh, set in Miami, actually, and his character is a Cuban uh, refugee. Okay. Uh, guy has uh, made it in this country as an architect, and uh, he and his wife are not getting along in the very beginning of the movie. And actually, Gloria Stefan acts pretty well. Uh, I never really knew her for acting, but she does a pretty good job acting. As a... no, nobody knew her for acting. Yeah, well, she does a good job. And, and who's, um, the, who's the daughter? Or who's, the, who's getting married? Uh, yeah, Adria, Adria Ahona, her name is. Uh, okay, no big pop star there. No, no nothing. Casting. No, no stunt okay. casting there. Okay. But uh, they're about to get uh, Gloria and uh, and uh, Andy are their characters are about to get divorced. And they're going to announce it to the whole family when the daughter comes home from college as the whole family gathers. Yay. And he keeps putting it off. Uh, he doesn't want to. Uh, the wife is like, I really want to announce it. We're splitting and come on. Um, but then the daughter says, guess what? I'm engaged. And that puts a kibosh in the whole thing. And then and then she says, oh, and I popped the question, not him. So he's a little weirded out about this fiance of hers. He's not the uh, he is Hispanic, but he's not a machismo kind of guy. He seems kind of wimpy. But you find out later in the movie that actually he may be wimpy. And uh, and wants to have a non-Catholic wedding, but his father happens to be incredibly rich and owns a soccer team and a brewery in Mexico. So there's a lot of uh, immigrant angst in this movie, and it's a little more serious. I mean, uh, uh, well, the Steve Martin one was a comedy, I mean, right? I, I, and I don't and think, Steve I don't Martin think... is a comedian, and and Andrew <laughs> Andrew uh, Garcia is not. Right. I saw parts of. Um the original one many many years ago i don't really remember it i don't know if that was played for laughs or if that was I just remember spencer tracy just having well, that was I, it was 40s 50s lighthearted it was light it wasn't a comedy comedy yeah what's chloe Feynman doing in this movie what's her role from snl i think she is the uh, wedding planner oh okay um and we can see this if we, we want to see this if we want to see this we can see it on uh uh hbo max hbo max and yeah but it's it's i do recommend it actually it's it's okay if you get like uh somebody with you and then you well, know andy garcia is kind of a he's a cigar buddy of mine and he was just at a wedding that a friend of mine that i was invited to that i couldn't go oh, yeah? to. um does he smoke cigars in the movie I think he does. Yeah. yeah. Look, uh, I'll see it just out of for that reason. Yeah, see it with the with the missus. It's a good with the missus, and she wants to see a. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like my wife. If you guys are married, my wife likes this kind of crap. So maybe. Yeah, maybe. yeah. I see. I'm single, and I really didn't. This was. There's a ringing endorsement. Yeah. But um, now she likes a lot of this kind of romantic crappy shit. So yeah, okay. You telling me yeah. it's, it's it's watchable? You could with the wife. Hey, a little a little quick business before we go. Uh, I've finally seen all the hacks, and uh, you were absolutely right. The second season was was almost untoppable. I don't know how they're going to do it. Uh, I don't know why they even renewed it for a third. It's season. not a season it's finale. Great. It's a series finale. It, it series they wrapped finale. up everything in a neat little bow. It's and like I, I sent you a note the other day going, it's a poetic, like almost spot on. You wouldn't want 
for a better ending to uh, there is no uh, reason to do a third season other than it's a that said you've been praising all of the episodes in the second season and i think it got a little i think it wandered off the path of it got into a lot of subplots that i didn't find as necessary uh, and some of the stunt casting like laurie metcalf i thought was just kind of you were yeah that, that, that i wasn't thrilled, but, but i still but, I, it's still it's still i mean if you just i still highly recommend it i highly recommend Okay, so several months ago, I talked about this series, The Offer, which is on Paramount Plus, and McCuddy says, "Well, I've only seen the first episode. I've only I go see." So I said, "When you see the whole thing, let's let's talk about it." So you finally seen the whole thing. What? what yeah, I've been how much I love it. Is, uh, I I actually paid for, or it's free for a month. I'm going to tell everybody to. Yeah, you could and then watch it for free and then drop the service drop out if you want. Uh, in fact, you can since it's free, you can go for the no commercials, nine ninety nine version since you're not going to keep it anyway. But um, I, I, you know, we've talked many times, so I won't repeat myself about knowing Robert Evans and Matthew Good. At first, I was a little put off by him. He's great. Man, he is spot on as Evans. You can close your eyes and he has a he had such. They had such a great line in one of them. He goes to a restaurant with somebody and he says, uh, they don't have salmon on the menu, but they'll make it for us. And that's exactly what he would do at the Palm. There was this thing called steak a la stone that wasn't on the menu. And he would go, they'll do it for us, Bill. So uh, I was just totally transformed to the Polo Lounge, to all of those places. And I have to say, you don't have to love The Godfather, although I can't imagine anyone doesn't. You don't have to be as... No, my uh, wife saw The Godfather many, many years ago, was not like us, knowing it. All three of us knowing every line backwards and forwards. And she said, this is really, really an entertainment. This is great. Yeah, I highly recommend it. I will say one thing that's a little distracting is all the Easter eggs that Michael Tolkien has put into this thing that are nods to the Godfather kind of make it unclear as to whether which came first. I know it for a fact, listening to the interviews now with the, with the showrunner and the and Tolkien, and there are some excellent pieces after each of the episodes where they, the cast talks about them. I know that they did this just as a nod to fans like Neil Rosen, but to me, it makes it seem like uh, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. It, it diminishes them when everybody's saying all this stuff outside of the movie. So well, our buddy Robert Wall says that, yeah, I mean, there's they, they put Godfather lines into the script of the, dialogue you know, they're just sitting at a table of somebody, secretaries and people that are yeah and so you and have they'll to just wonder. do iconic godfather lines not looking at a scene from the movie just in regular conversation you're going oh come on you know what Which i mean they thought was a cute thing and then at one point they kind of it wants to suggest that that's where mario puzo got some of these ideas but that isn't really what happened well a lot of uh, this to be honest with you and it all is based on the Miles Teller character, Al Ruddy, who is still alive. Right. Well, this is the Godfather, according to Al Ruddy, who is the producer of the Godfather. And he um, not only it's not only based on his book, which which is called The Offer, but he's also the executive producer of this miniseries on and his daughter is one of the showrunners or one of the executives. So many the, the, the big complaint with this is this is the backstage and how the Godfather got made according to Al Ruddy and that a lot of it is just not true. I mean, there's this scene where 
he come he, he breaks he, up with his girlfriend and that's actually the woman he married they never mentioned that yeah and there's also a point where i didn't know that but there's there's a thing where he's all the unions shut down um until al ruddy makes a deal with uh colombo and and you know and has them and but apparently al ruddy was banned from the set so i mean there's all these yeah. inaccuracies there's a lot of inaccuracies apparently and a lawyer named Sidney Korshek actually got Pacino out of his uh the gang who couldn't shoot straight the so and Korshek also was uh the guy who made the unions happy not ruddy so i they've combined a couple of the first of all the 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 guy that uh Colin uh uh Hanks plays is supposedly like five or six people that they yeah, he's a composite character and then there's a scene which I love that they that people say that didn't really happen, where in the scene where Carlo is beating the shit out of Connie, you know, played by Talia Shire, that he really roughs her up and gives her a black eye. And then, you know, Ruddy goes or somebody goes, uh, you know, to the James Conn, you know, playing Sonny Corleone says, when you're supposed to beat the shit out of Carlo, really beat the shit out of him. And Apparently that didn't really happen. And well, no, I told you the truth on that because Johnny Russo and James Kahn, unless they've conspired to tell the same story, said that it was about Russo betting money with some of the union guys and then not paying when he was losing. And so they went to Kahn and said, beat the shit out of this guy. Uh, so supposedly Russo really did take a beating that day. But well, the, this this has us believe that which is kind of horrific if it's not right. There is payback for beating up Talia Shire. That, that's yeah. what so what you guys are saying is that this is totally inaccurate, but you had a good no, time. So what I'm saying I is totally that I enjoyed don't, it. I'm saying that I don't care that it's inaccurate. All As right. Bob Evans would say, what's the thing? There's the truth. There's the, it's like a Rashomon thing. There's yeah. like your version, your truth. My version and what really happened. And right. no one's I don't care. This is one of the most entertaining things I've seen in a long time. I just, I, I, well, I, you said I, that weeks ago. I'm concurring because I finally caught up. So that's uh, we're all we got to get you to see a Bergoli and then we'll just go get Paramount Plus for free. Yeah, I tried that once. <laughs> it didn't right. end well. No. Bill, Bill McCuddy, what's The Watcher? Well, this is a great new film that uh, uh, is getting all kinds of that. If you want to go to you want to see something great on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, go there. I think it's like 97 percent. Audience. Where can I see and, it? Uh, it's IFC Midnight. It's in. Uh, it's it's going to be released. Uh, I'm sorry. It was released uh, in theaters and on uh, streaming this week. Because like I just on watched demand it. or one yeah, of the streaming demand. services. It's on, it's on all demand. It's on all uh, platforms. All right. What is the it? Watcher? Is um, about a a young woman uh, and her marketing husband who moved to uh, a foreign country. I don't want to give too much away, but oh, it's Romania, I think Romania. Yeah. I, it, I wanted you guys to watch it and see if you could tell. Yeah. But um, I read up on it. It's it's uh, they how, would I, to, be able, they how would I be able to tell that it was Romania if I'm watching? Well, I think, well, I was, they shot pl one place for another, I think. So I'm not sure it was actually shot in Romania. Right, well, but tell us what it's about. Yes, I'm trying. <laughs> yes, appreciate, I appreciate all the stops in the conversation. Though. Go on. Um, a young couple moves to Romania and in an apartment building, and they, she believes the young woman that uh, there's somebody watching her from across the way in another building. There, in fact, is. It's not in her imagination, and the cops go and talk to the guy, and 
Uh, but this guy still keeps following her, she believes. And whether this is actually happening or not is one of the interesting things about this film. And then how it pays off in the end is there's a paranoia going on in her head the whole time. And her husband doesn't quite believe her, but then he does, but then he's not sure. Uh, and that's all really brilliantly played out in this thing. It's really? creepy, cool. It pays off in the guy who plays Charlie Bloodhorn in the offer plays the creepy guy across uh, the the way from this young couple. And I think uh, I, th this has a possibility of being in my top 10 list this year. Really? Have we sold Bergoli? Yeah, I'd want to see it. Yeah, this sounds good. All right, uh, Bill Rigoli, pick yeah. it. You want to talk about the old man or the James I do, Bond? I do. I want to talk about the old man because you guys should definitely go see this. It's good. Oh, Jeff I'm sorry. I should have I should have put that in uh, in your emails. I've seen that too. I've seen the yeah. first two. Okay, yeah, I've seen the first two. Uh, Jeff Bridges and John Lithgow. Uh, Jeff Bridges is a former CIA officer who's been living off the grid for years. He's widowed. Uh, and he finds himself on the run from people who want to kill him based on his days back in Afghanistan. And uh, John Lithgow is uh, assistant director of the FBI, who knows uh, Jeff Bridges' character from their Afghanistan days, and sort of gives him a tip-off that he's going to have to uh, look out because they're after him. And, of course, he knows that. And he runs into a nice young lady played by Amy Brennerman, and um, she can't quite figure out why he's so nice and why he knows some survival skills that he does. It's uh, the first 15 minutes you think you're watching uh, a documentary on Alzheimer's because this is about the old man and he's old and he's some of his spy craft is slipping up on him. And that's why they've been able to find him. But it's uh, it's the first time Jeff Bridges has done uh, episodic TV. Not the first time for John Lithgow. They don't. The characters don't really meet up. I, I hear until fairly late into the series. I think they're going to be seven episodes. But I'm having a ball watching it. To be honest with you, Bridges is really good. And even though it moves slowly, all of a sudden some action happens and all hell breaks loose, including the yeah, he's doing. He's doing all of those uh, stunts himself. And and I yeah, guess he, the, the he was thing suffering from lymphoma. The thing that I know production. Neil Neil is about to say is this sounds like a Liam Neeson movie, and in fact, it is something in that same kind wheelhouse that uh but he's not as uh, liam neeson's character is always he's never really old he says i'm too old for this stuff or something jeff bridges was actually suffering from lymphoma while they were shooting this yeah i know it's crazy isn't it's it amazing uh, you could do that he's he's what tremendous it it's on fx and fx and right on fx and fx has some great stuff that they do really good stuff sometimes yeah, they no, really definitely do. check it out I love Archer. Uh, it drops every Friday night. We get a new one. Uh, yeah. The Old Man. I highly recommend it as well. Yep. And how many episodes are, are there? Are we? I in think they're going to be seven. I, uh, there are two up as of right now. Every Friday there'll be a new one. Well, this sounds good. Yeah. I mean, definitely good. check it out. You sound very up on this. Amy Brenneman, to remind you, is the young woman from Heat. Um, tell me about something called Delicious, Bill McCuddy. Right. We have one other movie. Um, we, have, we have many other movies. Keep now, going. Let's um, wind it up here. Delicious is a great little French confection. Uh, brand new. I saw it on, uh, I guess I saw it on Netflix. I'll look it up. Um, it's a, it's an, it takes place in the 1700s in, in uh, France when a, uh, a chef is ordered out of a chateau and uh, for 
making a a tart that, with potatoes and is uh, told to pack his bags and get out and go back to his hometown. Why is that a big faux pas to make a tart? Well, apparently you can apparently uh, in that period time period, you as a chef, you could be ordered up and and told how great the meal was. And then they kind of then kind of like. America's Got Talent, they go thumbs up or thumbs down as to wonder the chef's going to stay. And that's what happens at the very beginning of this film. I'm making it sound funny. It's a it's a, uh, a lovely, beautifully shot and really uh, in in just insightful look at class structure in the 1700s, right before the revolution. So he's out. He's sent out to the middle of nowhere his old family home. He starts an inn. A woman shows up and says, I want to be your apprentice. He keeps trying to send her away. She wins him over. And now the guy who ordered him out of the chateau uh, wants him back and is going to come and have a meal like big night. Remember the Stanley two. Oh, yeah. Yes. So very well. Gonna come and it's all going to be decided. And I won't give. Oh yeah. I remember that movie. Well. Beyond that. But uh there's no one you've heard of in this. So where can we see this, Bill McCuddy? Well, I erroneously said I thought I watched it on Netflix, but uh, it was Amazon Prime. So uh, I highly recommend this thing. It's just a couple of bucks on that. Or actually, I think it might be free with Amazon Prime, if you remember. So uh, right. delicious. Okay. By the way, there's a brand new episode. We were, we're recording this on Thursday evening, uh, June 23rd. Brand new episode goes up tomorrow night. It'll be on a um, television show, Talking Pictures with Neil Rosen with uh, Bill McCuddy and Perry Nemiroff and Mike Sargent. We talk about lots of movies this week, this uh, this month. And you can get the link by going to YouTube or just following me on Twitter at Neil Rosen Apples, where I'm going to post the link Friday night. By the way, um, I'd like to know about uh, a movie called um, or something called The Janes. Yeah, it's a documentary. It's on HBO Max. And it's about it's this really happened. It's about a group of women who were part of a clandestine network using code names, blindfolds and safe houses. And what were they doing? They were providing abortions for women back when oh, they were illegal. I've heard of this. I heard yeah, of this. There's going to be actually a uh, narrative. This was, the, this was what year, what year did this take place? Uh, in late 60s, early yeah, 70s. Yeah, 60s, right. It was not like the 30s, right? This was the right. 60s. This was the 60s and 70s. Oh. Mm. Uh, they were, uh, this was in Chicago. And remember the Chicago 7, there were lots of radical activities going on and, and people into that stuff. But the women were kind of told by the guys, look, we, uh, we got this whole uh, anti-war thing wrapped up just go be girls go off somewhere so they started doing this because it was really different you couldn't even in those days you couldn't even have birth control if you weren't married and they, they interview all these women they're much older now um and they tell some pretty horrible stories but also this is um really well paced and at times it does seem like some sort of a spy movie or something because they did things like blindfold people so they didn't know where they were going and they would drive them around they had safe houses as they said um they had, at one point they all get arrested and they have this radical lawyer who who basically uh, bides time until uh, the supreme court okay uh roe v wade uh, it's going to be uh there is going to be a film uh narrative film based on this group called call jane it's going to star elizabeth banks and sigourney weaver and that's due sometime this fall but uh this is definitely worth 
checking out again it plays really well does not uh, go into the you know present day stuff that's uh concerning abortion right now because i think it was done before then but um it's really worth checking out these women are real characters and uh it's 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 just fun to watch believe it yeah or not. i've heard i've heard amazing things about this actually and what is the origin of the janes um they put up an ad anonymously and said, uh, pregnant, call Jane, uh, basically, and underground papers and, and wow. uh, on uh, wow. billboards and stuff like that. Where and is this playing? Where do you see this? You can see this on HBO Max. Um, and uh, yeah, the interesting thing was whenever somebody called, she was Jane. Whoever answered was Jane. They all called each other Jane so that no one knew their real names. Like al- alcoholics are friends of Bill. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, oh, yeah all... that's an interesting comparison. Okay, tell me about the ambulance bill or ambulance. Oh, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and I'm yeah. just catching up. Uh, I think I think Bill saw it. I, it was uh, the the new Michael uh, Bay film, starring um, Jake Gyllenhaal as uh, a guy who is going to rob a bank and that bank robbery in Los Angeles looks almost identical to the one in heat, which we mentioned a moment ago, uh, just coincidentally, they, uh, that goes wrong really quickly in the opening and they have to commandeer an ambulance, uh, to make their getaway in the ambulance is one of the cops that Jake Gyllenhaal's brother has killed or has, has shot and is dying. So there's a lot going on. It's a little too long, but the action is first rate. It's a Michael Bay movie. So, you know, everybody in a, in a car wreck is going to, the, the car is going to go careening end over end all over Los Angeles. And uh, they keep saying, the cops keep saying, we got to get this wrapped up before rush hour <laughs> when the real traffic starts to fill the highways, which is pretty funny because it's always, I mean, they run into all kinds of traffic as it is. Um, I kind of recommend this for the ride. Uh, it's called Ambulance. You lost me at Michael Bay, my friend. And well, I think that, but he delivers a kind of a product. If you like that kind of thing, no, I don't. You like bad boys, you like all that sort of thing. No, I don't. The movie. <laughs> all right, you're so, out. So let me ask you this. So what's okay. next week? Next week, Minions. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, there's uh, the, Steve Carell uh, was very generous with his time and told some great stories you interviewed about uh yeah that'll be in uh, the post this week and uh you that in person or did he's you a good bad guy he's a bad good guy no i i think i told you i have covid i did do it a different a different way so he's uh he says he, he enjoys being a good bad guy he's grew and yes he's uh, grew and uh, it actually sounds funny, actually, the setup for the movie. So, yes, we will talk about Minions and Steve Carell and uh, all of that on the next one. Well, well what, what else is coming out next week? Tell me what's coming out, Bill Bergoli. This is everybody gets out of the way of Minions. That's it. No. It's Fourth of July weekend, no. which is not a big weekend for movie theaters. So I would figure that would be a very big weekend. No, it's a big misnomer every year. They don't they right. get out of the way of that. Yeah, they'd get the hell out of the way. So Minions and that's about it. Hey, I'm uh, McCutty Bill on Twitter and uh, follow me on Instagram at no, I'm McCutty Bill on Instagram and just uh, follow him on Twitter. On Twitter. Bill McCutty, follow. We watch the bad Rigoli movies. On, so you don't have to right, follow Bill Brigoli on Instagram at Bill Brigoli. Let's watch my television show with Bill McCutty and Perry Nemiroff and Mike Sargent talking pictures with Neil Rosen on CUNY TV on PBS. 
watch it on YouTube or get it on uh, um, my website on, on my uh, Twitter account at Neil Rose and Apples. Uh, thanks for sitting around talking movies with us. We'll sit around talking movies again with you next week. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.